Is it possible? Is it possible that you're getting used to being on the show? Are you talking to me? Yeah, just asking a question. Is it what? Is it possible? Is it just possible that you're getting used to being on the show? No. I'm not getting used to being here. I had to pump you up a little bit. Yeah, just because it's your birthday, that's why <laughs> we're doing you this favor. Well, thanks for blessing me. Hello, everyone. I am Marcibel, and this is the Marcibel Podcast. Alright everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the More Civil Podcast, a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Mo Sibyl, Nigerian born, US educated, Korean speaking, struggling intellectual. By the time you guys get to listen to this, I will be thirty three by then and so I wanted to so today's October eighth, ten PM, two more hours left. Uh, being 32 and I decided to just um, talk about some things that um, are happening with me and um, also some projections I have for the new year so this would be like a diary of my thoughts and just putting it out there and to really help me sort out those feelings I decided to bring back T-Dog you guys remember him from a couple of episodes ago due to popular demand his back and also because you know um i have my birthday tomorrow and i get to spend time on the show with my one of my favorite people in the world so it's like a win-win situation and um anyways welcome back to oh thank you thank you um always a pleasure to be here on the more civil um podcast <laughs> all right thanks um so guys I wanted to just, so there's some bad news and good news. And I'm not even going to ask you what you guys want to hear first, but let's start with the bad news because I'm that kind of person. Just give me the bad news and then let's work our way and then to fixing it as usual and then we'll move to the good news. So the bad news is, and, and the way it's even set up is, I wouldn't call it bad news, good news, but I needed to do that delineation, which you guys will understand. The bad news really is that, um, and then the bad news kind of linked to the good news. So it's kind of news, but it's just news that have news with, you know, some bad aspect and then the good aspect. It's just news. So, um, my episodes in December and then some that I released earlier this year, I had talked about the pregnancy losses and some health issues as well, basically with recurring ovarian cysts and um april this month of this year i had um a confirmed diagnosis of stage four endometriosis which according to my husband he said he knew about it that he's had the doctor tell him before like the doctor had told me that before but i just never i didn't hear it you know i i don't know how what context it came you know so it was like shocking for me to hear it like, you know, in, in like in a consultation with how many doctors I have been with, like just yet another doctor. And um 
it made sense because if you know somebody with endometriosis or if you have endometriosis you just know that it's just a cloud of issues that you know go wrong with fatigue and you know bodily pain aches and flares it's just like an auto it mimics an autoimmune condition and finally a lot of things are making sense and so i wanted to find answers because um, for many years you know these issues have really you know been quite debilitating and even though i don't really express that much uh, to those around me i decided that i was done just keeping quiet and like suffering in, in silence as a way so um on thursday we went to see i changed my physician i changed my um my gynecologist and went to see another one who with a better review and hopefully a um, better bedside manner and for the first time i felt heard i felt like somebody listened to me somebody just validated a lot of things that i was going through and god helping i got a phone call from someone um, that my friend had told me about like she had you know endometriosis and she had to go through um, a battery of surgeries at the mayo clinic and she was willing to share her experience with me and so um she she called me on that same day and we just started trading like war stories and i was like oh my gosh i didn't know that was because of this or because of that Anyways, all this is just to say that um, it's, it's, I mean, Thursday was, it brought a lot of tears, you know, but at the same time, it brought a lot of um, deafening of, at least somebody gets it, you know, in the way of the doctor that I just met, met for the first time, and that friend who introduced her friend to me, and that called me. And you know, help me and give me some tips and just coping with it. And I think this is all just to say that um, for anybody listening with maybe some undiagnosed issues, or even if it's diagnosed, and you just you don't want to keep expressing how you feel or acting like a sick person, as it were. Like don't 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 do that. Like don't um, don't hold back. Keep knocking on the doors and keep finding answers. Find your doctor if you have to, you know, because your doctor doesn't mean especially mean they have your best interest at heart. You know, keep knocking on that door. And I think for as a woman that, you know, has been through the health system and all for gynecological issues, a common thread I see is that you either have doctors that can relate with you or they cannot. And after being here for so long, you, you kind of can tell from afar, you can spot it from afar. So find, find somebody that you think will listen to you. And so that's that. And um, I don't know if you had anything to say about that. Well, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll just say that um, yeah, I'm glad that you finally had some answers, and um, I think it was a good experience meeting with the with the new physician this past week, and um, him shedding some light and giving some. I guess um, and then I was just going to say this too I know you know the Hippocratic Oath um, of every physician that they take you know we are meant to do no harm and pretty much put our patients um, at the forefront of whatever we do that's what we're here for too improve our patients lives um but i guess 
that may not come across you know um, I think it's it depends on the physicians physician dependence you know some have poor bedside manners and some you know are just rushing through the you know patient encounter just to meet the numbers you know they need to see for that day which is sad sometimes but it kind of takes out the the main passion for the profession um, but anyways that's just a little digression but yeah i'm glad we finally got some answers and um yeah you just have to pick a side right it's also just the you guys versus us well i'm i'm one of i know i'm I know, one like, of them that was like putting you in a tough spot you know but um i mean yeah i agree i totally agree with you because um not i mean i've had patients you know went during my residency that you know said that they were really glad you know um that i was their doctor because i listened to them and you know i remember when i, I was about leaving lots of them said that no that you can't leave and that kind of brought almost brought tears to my eyes you know um, i'm not saying a lot because he doesn't cry um, um but i i see how you know your your rapport and the confidence and trust that you have in your doctor goes a long way that's it um that's it and um I think the worst experiences I've had is when a doctor puts you down, they talk over you, and that happened to me in April, and even though they gave valid points and, you know, things like that, it was just, it was very condescending, and usually when I get, when I go for my appointments, I get this survey so I feel back my experiences, I disregard them because I'm like, I don't feel like doing that, but for that particular doctor, I wrote an episode exactly how I felt, and how they treated me, and I even put my name and told whoever was going to read it, even if they even read it, to contact me for more comments. But I never had anything back. So I'm just trying to encourage somebody out there. Don't let, don't, don't be a victim of medical gaslighting. Not all doctors really will have your interest at heart, and and that's just the truth. And even though here we have structural issues, like with the insurance system and you know, how they have to churn, how many prescriptions, whatever your metrics are, how many patients you guys have to see per minute, and, and that kind of precludes it. But that's that's neither here and there. But the basic human decency, listening to patients and, and just figuring out. I mean, this new doctor, he made some jokes. He, he I mean, he related, you know, and which kind of made me, when I get overwhelmed, I cry. So I cried a lot, and... You know, I feel very comfortable in his analysis and and the suggestions he was giving. He incorporated my my um, preferences. And this guy hadn't met me before. All he had to go with was what I feel in in my new patient appointment. And I'm yet to even, you know, they're yet to get my medical history. But just based on what I just feel, he, he knew so much about me already. And he asked a lot of welcoming, open-ended questions. And to me... I'd rather go with that kind of doctor, like, on, like, one that just talks over me. So that's what I'm just trying to say. And, um, so last month, um, I, so I have been, you know, working on myself, trying to, um, just be healthier. The things I could definitely modify. And one big thing for me was my blood pressure. So a little bit of a, um, oversharing now. And, um, so some months ago, it was borderline prehypertension, and I didn't want to be on medications because I knew 
even though I have a family history of that, it still wasn't excuse enough. So another thing, get yourself a primary physician. If you don't have one already, get yourself one. Because that's going to catch a lot of things that the other specialists might not get. And they also keep your records, you know, a lot better. And so. Um, oh, and, and, and let me just interject here. Thank you for making sure that I saw a primary care doctor this week. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just ironical. You are a primary care doctor. It's, you're doing that thing dads and, and brothers and men do where you feel like invincible. You know, and more so when you're a doctor, you feel like you're so invincible, but you're not. You're no. just any other human. You need to, yeah, so I had to, we have a fridge that you can put memos on. I had to put that on the fridge, do the passive aggressive. And I did my wife leave as a wife to make sure he goes see a doctor. And he finally did. So anyways, um, I told the doctor, um, give me some time. Let me work on myself and I'll be back. And um, I did work on myself and my birth, my blood pressure went, went down significantly and he was very impressed with my progress and he just told me, keep doing what you're doing. And then I had that travels all summer long with the stress and all that and it just was very difficult to build healthy, you know, um, boundaries around the, you know, sleep and diet and whatnot. So my blood pressure went back up and I remember the first day I went back to the hospital, um, the doctor's office. I feel very shameful about it. And so he just said, okay, what do you want us to do? I'm not very comfortable with this blood pressure you have. What if I put you on medication for a month? And then and then he listened to what my, my plan was, which was, um, I know what to do. It was just that being away from the home and all of that in the summer made it hard for me to, you know, do better. But just give me some more time. But he said, yeah, just keep doing what you want to do. And um, But I'm going to put you on this load those medication, you know, and um, and come back in a month. And guys, I was so determined to, you know, I, at the point I stopped taking the medications because, you know, I wanted to do it my way. And guys, guess what? My blood pressure is back to, you know, very healthy levels now. And and I also felt, I don't think I told you this, I felt a little bit ashamed too that my blood pressure was high. I don't know if you noticed the day I came home and I just put the medication on the table. I couldn't even tell you myself. You saw them. I put it in a place where I knew you were going to see it. So you could ask me. Also, they put you on medications. Uh, but thanks for um, following up with me on that and just encouraging me. So I'm just saying that um, whatever you need to do to take care of yourselves, even if you're falling down or you've broken you know, promises to yourself, just get back on it. And um, for you, it could be your, um, your blood sugar or whatever health indices you're, you're looking at, just whatever you can do. Those changes are hard, you know. I've had to cut back on some of the things I, I enjoy, like food-wise. Um, I exercise about four times a week, which, you know, I had to find things that I could enjoy while moving my body, and that was theirs. Um, and sometimes running, but, uh, and then swimming. Those are the things I like to do. Every other thing was just like, you know, just try to fit it in. Regardless of what, you know, you just find something to complement your sedentary lifestyle if you're sedentary and then also make changes in your diet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I had to start. Um, I guess I eventually found a tennis body um, that I played sometimes with this past week because that's what I really enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, guys, you know, get some exercise in your life you need to you know 
be physically active because yeah. inactivity is linked to a lot of medical Slowly, problems. Yeah. And if you're young, younger, you know, and young could be any age, you de- you define that. There are many opportunities you can have to move your body. And it doesn't have to be what you call exercise. I call it joyful movement. Or I, I mean, I, I didn't come up with that term, by the way. And I thought to myself, what do I really enjoy doing? I love dancing. I love moving my body. And I hadn't done that in a while. So I signed up for Zumba classes at the Y. And I do cardio dance. Oh, my gosh. The first time I couldn't even, like, you know, go through. I went through it in the whole one hour. Length. But it's gotten better is what I'm trying to say. So that's just the bad news. But um, it's also the good news in that. Um, so those situations we talked about, you know, the endometriosis. Um, I uh, there's some. Um, I probably talk about the details now, but there's some things coming up soon that I have to address with that. And but I'll let you guys know as, as time goes on as I'm more comfortable. Right now, it's still a phase of thinking about what the next steps are. So on our way home today from the store, you had asked me a question like, "What was thirty-two like?" What was the question you asked me that I said I was going to respond to on the show? Yeah, the highlights of... 32. Yeah, of 32. Wow, 32 was such um, a defining year for me. And I think every year I go through, it's going to be defining. And But the good thing is that it's defining in that it's, it's based on the precedence, right? And so I can only be better. I can be stagnant still, but I have something to compare it to. And I think 32 for me was coming into myself. I don't know if that makes sense. Coming to myself. A coming of age for me. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about just my strength and confronted my mortality. And I learned a lot about courage. So that was 32 for me. And I think having a platform like a podcast and um, knowing that when I started a podcast, one of the things I promised myself and um, those that I deem my accountable uh, accountability partners and some of the listeners was I was going to be as vulnerable as I can be and not hold anything back. And so um, knowing that every word that comes out of my mouth and show, um, come from a place of understanding and awareness so that's what 32 has been for me but yeah I, I second that um i think that um yeah she's been brutally honest and sometimes you know some of the things she shares i have kind of cringed you know and i'm like do you really have to tell them that so i think she's been um a hundred and percent oh i said hundred and percent hundred percent um totally honest and um, about her experience her life experiences on this show and i i think that goes you know to speak of her person um you know being um open to being vulnerable and i i think that shows the strength of character Thank you. And it wasn't easy to come by. Um, there's some things that were happening in my life that I converted to be shameful experiences, even though they shouldn't be shame. You know, and um, but having to just not take on that responsibility of adding a layer of shame to something that I that wasn't my fault or something that didn't happen because of what I did or something that that kind of thing. 
So I've had to like tease those effects out. Like what is shameful versus what is not shameful, you know? And I think it also goes back to the concept of understanding that there's meaningfulness in everything you go through. And yes, even the things you suffer through. I'm, I've had a difficult year. I've had a difficult decade. Um, I've had, <laughs> I can't even tell you the number of soldiers I've had, you know, in the past 10 years to correct and recorrect some issues in my life. Um, there was a time I was just, you know, you know, I, I, I don't even want to you know, talk too much about it because I've addressed that in another episode. So go listen to that one about my, my getting college issues. I can't remember the particular episode, but scroll through it. Patient X, that was it. But I, like, there's so many things I could focus on in my life that if I had, if I wanted to be perpetually sad, I could be on that cruise control of sadness. But I refuse to be held back by those experiences because in in those moments of suffering, I have found meaningfulness. You know, I have found that life really isn't about everything that goes your way or doesn't go your way. That the full meaning of life is, you know, taking responsibility. Not just for yourself, but also being responsible for other people. And so, for me, being able to pour, not just neglecting myself, but finding people around me or things around me, people around me specifically to be a blessing to, has been the greatest reward for my life. And and that's it. That's 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 how I cope. That's how I'm joyful, you know. And that's why life has more meaning for me. And that's why I can still wake up and. Even with the nagging pain on my right pelvis from, you know, the fluid that just keeps getting built up every now and then that the numerous laparoscopic surgeries haven't fixed, I can still press on, I can still put a smile on my face, I can still go on with life and knowing that, yes, there's suffering, but there's also goodness. You know, there's so many good things to be thankful about. It's your attitude towards it. So you can look at it, you know, do you want to see the bad part of it or the good part of it? And that's, that's just one of the things that Dirty 2 has helped me. I knew that before, but I didn't learn it and it didn't stick to me. Now it's tough so hard that I can do a whole sermon on it. And so I want to encourage you guys to you know, do that. Confront that part of you that you've, you've let, you know, you've, you've put aside for a while. And understand that we all suffer and we all go through something. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, that's just the only difference. Everyone suffers. Everyone, you know, goes through like the, the dumps and the hard parts of life. Some are just not very open talking about it. And But I've been open talking about my suffering. And whether you want to take it to understand, to, to be able to see all of the glory about me and contrast that with the suffering that I, have, that I, have, I still go through, and see that those two things, those two diametrical things can still come out of this being. It's ironical, but it's also glorious. And that's one lesson. The second lesson could be, oh, I thought she had a perfect life. Ah, now I feel a lot better about her. Shining white. Yeah, if that's all you want to take up from me, it's not bad. Still take it. I find that comical, actually. And, you know, if, if that's, um, there's no saying what's bad about, you know, feeling shining white about what I'm going through. Whatever angle you want to spin this, just I want you to know that I'm saying that it's such a beautiful life, and the only way you can see it that way it's your outlook on 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 your on your suffering. So, and I also think about how worse things could have gotten, 
you know, my husband and I were just talking about this, like within the past hour, like times in our lives where there was no hope, guys, like situations that, you know, we just looked at ourselves and I told him one particular one, like, I felt like I was the world's, we were the world's greatest loser, like people had, it felt like, I don't even know how to say it. Yeah, I felt like we, we, we put in so much into something and then ended up, you know, thrown right in our face, you know, that we lost. Like it was a negative yeah. zero, like and you guys are losers. there was nothing we could do about it. That's it. And we looked at each other, but we had a bottom line. Like even in that point of desperation, not bottom line, we had like a bar. And that was, you know, anchored in our faith in God that... We, we we just we had to turn to him to be able to make sense of this meaninglessness because we had done everything humanly possible we had done it our way but guess what guys <laughs> i think we should make a different episode about that right but the the, the summary of the whole um issue is that um even in in that moment, in our lowest of moments, you know, when we had that thrown in our face and, you know, we were turned down and we felt like we failed. Um, fast forward two, three years afterwards, two years, I think. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was actually necessary for that to have happened, for there to be a fulfillment of what we were actually seeking to get you know last year <laughs> so it was like awesome so we saw we saw beauty through that pain um manifest last year and guys it wasn't how we even thought it was gonna be it was nothing that if we had planned it that way it probably wouldn't have come that way and we had to get to that point of humility to get out of it and the only way i can describe it is if you remember avengers when dr strange and yeah we're gonna do that um, when he, when um, he he gave Thanos the um, the stones, and he said, out of a million possibilities, that was the only one that was going to turn out to be good, and that was very tragic because almost fifty percent of the population, like you know, vanished. Well, you know, let's just trickle down that effect a little bit. Yes, exactly what Tyler said. Mm-hmm. So there's meaning in your suffering. And, and through this, we've had people just tell us, hey, um, can you talk to our friends? They're going through this. We've counseled people. We've talked to people about, you know, um, what we went through. And we're helping people even make meaning of their own suffering. And and that's another reason why I think that we should never forget where we come from and how far we've come, rather, so that when others are going through that, we can share our experiences with them so that at least they can relate to, okay, I'm not the only one. Oh, I know somebody, this particular person that has gone through that. And that's why we keep sharing our stories. Right. Um, yeah, there is beauty and joy in suffering. I mean, even um, Christ, when he was here on earth, you know, we know his mission was to, you know, lay down his life for us. Yeah. But even while he walked as God, even on this earth, um, he suffered. Um, and he said that we are his disciples, right? And we're going to do greater things than he did. Of course, we're going to partake in of his suffering as well. You know, he, he never said that in this world we will not experience 
suffering or persecution. Look at numerous examples in scripture. You know, look at Job, look at you know, Paul, look at we can we can name a bunch of people that went through and you wouldn't say because they weren't um righteous or just you know, but you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, our mortal mind can't really comprehend why God would let um his children go through you know suffering yeah yeah but it's one of the beauties of life and god wants to make the most of our suffering for his glory and i bet if you still stop looking at it as suffering and see it as just like a training experience like even the definition itself it's so negative even though all of suffering isn't you know quite negative that's some things that is just suffering like you know well anyways i digress so that's um 32 other things that i think i learned this year was just um I talked about courage, so um, I faced a lot of issues in my life, um, like my daddy issues, um, some of our marital issues, which we haven't talked about on the show. Um, I think also communicating, communicating, being more, um, expressing how I feel, because I think for most of my life, I, I just was very bottled up inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, experiences growing up just made me a bit muted where I didn't, I couldn't express myself. So um, I buried my thoughts in my diaries and my writings. And I think just therapy, prayers, and yeah, therapy too. Again, therapy have really helped me to be able to communicate how I feel about things and Knowing that I can be heard and I can be listened to. So that's another thing. Um, I also learned to be, um, that using my power for good. So I've talked about a podcast, um, using my writing as well to help people connect to stuff. Um, practicing a lot of listening. Um, it's really hard though, you know. Um, it's very when you argue with someone you love. So there's someone here beside me. Sometimes mm-hmm. arguing is just done to prove yourself to be right and winning arguments. But I'm learning that, you know, you come to arguments when you're arguing with somebody, which, you know, is kind of good. It's not to be right, but for you to come to a place of understanding and to exchange perspectives because that other person, guess what? They have their perspectives as well. So you come to the table knowing that the truth lies in the intersection of your words and your words. And so that's what I'm trying to learn now. Not to win arguments, like for the sake of winning arguments, but to, you know, see how my thoughts and their thoughts can collide, not in a um, catastrophic way, catastrophic, catastrophic way. Is that the right word? Catastrophic? Catastrophic. Thank you. Catastrophic way. I struggled with that word. And also reflecting, meditating, apologizing when I'm wrong. I don't really have a problem apologizing when I'm wrong. Anyways, um, so that's that. Another thing is to be open to those around you. Um, like, you know, T-Dog said, being more vulnerable. Like, use those around you, like friends, your loved ones. Let them be like your peer reviewers. Let them edit your process. Let them see how they can you know, basically improve on your footprint of life. Because if you don't know who you really are, how are you going to be able to make changes to what needs to be changed? So I'm learning to be very more open with those around me. Before anyone else hears about what I'm going through, they hear about that first. So, yeah, and yeah, sorry, I was just ahead. gonna 
comment about that. I think, I guess, it, 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 lots of our colleagues back in Nigeria and a couple of Nigerians here too in the States um, probably find what you're doing, you know, like they probably are blown away by this because the average Nigerian, you know, keeps things to themselves and doesn't, you know, open up or share things with people, you know, I, I just I just don't know why. It's how I turned out this way. But then we can change things. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go with the status quo, guys. Right. And you don't have to have a microphone in front of you to talk about how you feel. Exactly. There's, there's always somebody you can talk to. I find that really true all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you want to come on the show and talk to me, that's okay. Or even off camera. Thanks for sharing that, babes. Appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Um... I also found that the utility in spending time with people that I really love. Ah, gosh, I used to be so horrible, like trying to divide myself 20,000 ways. No, I'm just still trying to do that. But I'm spending time with people that I love. I mean, look at, look at us. What do you mean? Doing, a, do you. doing this podcast show. I, I get to time. have you on the show, and then I also get to talk to you. I mean, <laughs> it's a win, 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 win situation. Right. Spending time with you, guys. Mm-hmm. And avoiding those that drain my energy. Like, it's just as simple as that. And that's the thing about being in your 30s. You just don't care about some things anymore. You don't care about impressing people. It's like, I don't like you that much, so I'm not going to spend time with you. And that's okay. You know, when we see, when I see you, I'm going to say hi, and that's it. Go home and don't let the door hit you behind. That's what it's, you know, um, really helped me with. And also pursuing my passions. And taking taking that bold step to pursuing, pursuing my passions. So I want to encourage anyone listening to this. What's that thing that you kind of put on the back burner? Telling yourself today or tomorrow. Can tomorrow just be today already? Get to it. Like what's stopping you? What's holding you back? Get it done. For me, it was, you know, confronting a lot of demons in my life. My childhood issues. Um, mapping, you know, my dad issues as well. That was really scary. And I understand how scary it can be, but if it needs to be addressed, we have to address it, guys. There's no running away from it. And um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Well, I'm waiting for the good news part, though. That's the good news. Like, there's meaningfulness in life. And, oh, well, the good news is that um, despite all of this, I still see purpose in life. And my purpose for me, thanks for that, my purpose for me is to... Um, basically be an answered prayer to somebody else i'm not neglecting the issues i have i'm not neglecting the situation i'm in but i'm acknowledging that and i'm not i'm trying not to focus too much on myself um my small group someone said something um adela she said you could be the answered prayer to somebody else's prayer you could be the answered prayer to somebody else's you could be the other person's answered prayer something like that and it just it blew my mind you know, that even no matter how tight things are for you, no matter how ridiculously um, miserable you can be, you can you still have some utility to somebody else. And so for me, the good news is I'm not going to change my attitude towards life. Life and God has given me so much to be thankful for. And that's what I want to focus on while still having to sort out these issues that I'm currently experiencing. And with that kind of mindset is why I started that educational scholarship fund. It's just my way of saying, I'm thankful that I'm here. 
I'm thankful that I'm at a point in my life where I can look back and be like, at this point, this is how far, given how far I have come, this is how much I want to do. I mean, that $300 is not a whole lot, but I know it's something to somebody or to the people that are going to receive it. And so this is my way of just um, not focusing on myself. Yeah, I think I'm going to second that. Um, I think that was quite selfless of you to have said that you, know, you being the answer to someone's prayer. You know, that's that just shows um, strength of character. Um, so, um, and digressing to the last point you, you raised there, um, I'm sure some of you have seen um, that, you know, my wife here has been trying to raise funds um, to help sponsor um, children's education um, back in Nigeria. Um, I'm sure she's influenced her lives um, in one way or the other. And I think this is a very good opportunity to, you know, um, give towards her course. It's not for herself. It's for people that are in need of this. Um, I've donated. And, um, A whole lot, by the way. Thank you. 500 bucks. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Make it rain. <laughs> well, guys, please. Um, we really appreciate every dollar counts and goes a long way. So please, um, let's see if we can hit that goal um, as soon as we can to make a difference. Thank you. I deeply appreciate you for doing that. I mean, mm -hmm. just for who you are, one, and just for doing that. You're welcome, babe. Thank you. So yeah, really, a dollar goes a long way. Let me put things into perspective. The currency exchange rate right now in my country is a dollar to 360 something naira. Naira is our denomination. And for 80 bucks, I mean, because I just sent somebody 80 bucks recently to pay her tuition. 80 bucks is, I can blow that off in Walmart or, you know, um, at a Korean restaurant easily. I mean, I might feel the brunt of it because, you know, that's like a lot. But to think that that's what's preventing somebody from actually enrolling in school, I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing for me. And for every one of you that have donated so far, thank you so much. Like, you have no idea just how this means a lot to me and and you you would have an idea because I will give you updates I'll have um I'll let you know what your money did exactly you'll get reports I'm working with um a branding company who I've been working with um indoor studios in Nigeria they will be helping with the um, funds and all that and that I mean it's a Christian organization and I know the owner those things she's just fantastic um She's my brand manager as well. If you know about the multiple podcasts, you know about indoor studios. They actually manage my brand in Nigeria and and and, and, and you know in Africa as well. Um, you get a lot of updates. You get a lot of feedback. You get a lot of um, just however format you want. What your money did exactly and who the names and how far he helped it helped them. So it's not just giving money away now. Cause this means a lot. I don't, I don't ask for money for stuff. I, I was very uncomfortable doing this, but God let it on my heart to do it, and and I know the importance of this. Um, I know what money can do. Thankfully, growing up, we didn't have to beg for money to send us to school, but my parents had to give up a lot of stuff to send us to good schools, and I think I talked about that. But for the people that they don't even have parents or they don't even have that luxury, these are the kind of people that I would like to, you know, change their lives because. Education should be that thing that I know I strongly believe in the power of education 
to lift people and rescue people from poverty. And if we can save a life today with just, you know, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever denomination, whether in Nigeria or in the U.S. or what part of the world, I have different ways to collect your money. Just let me know. Um, the links will be on the website as well as on the um, show notes. So, guys, consider making a donation towards this. I think the final thing is traveling. Um, I did a lot of that this year, and I look forward to doing more of that in 33. So, for 33, I want to just keep going on this spirit of gratitude and keep using my power for good. And um, this past weekend, we watched The Joker, which, you know, I think it was very profound. I think one the big thing I'm taking out from there is Let's be kind to people. We don't know what kind of journey they are on. A smile, a nice word of encouragement, a good, well-meaning compliment can lift somebody's, you know, countenance for that day. And you never know what kind of domino effects it might have on your life. So I think just being kind, you know, and all of that. Yeah, and I'll just train this. Um, and also, in, along the lines of being kind to people, just having that generous assumption um, for people when people um, behave in ways that you, you know, do not expect and you're expecting more of that person, you know, just having that generous assumption. For example, say, for example, you're driving and um, like my program director, Dr. Nazola would say um, that if you're driving and someone cuts into your lane abruptly, um, the, the natural instinct is for you to like blow your top and be mad and road rage and all that stuff but what if the guy was just trying to get home quickly to take a poop (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) you look at them differently (laughs) you know so just you know true story that happened to me one time (laughs) all right so so guys you know just be kind to one another is all i will say yeah and don't forget to do the little things um two days ago i rode on the grass in front of my house because I just wanted to do that, um, get that child wife curiosity about stuff. So um, that's it. Just um, thank you guys for just being here with me, with us today. And um, I'm thankful to have this platform. I'm thankful for those that listen. And um, thank you. God bless you guys. And um, just a re- recap. Life is suffering, but life is also meaningful, and in suffering we can find meaning when we um, pour ourselves into the lives of others. And don't avoid it. Don't avoid suffering. Embrace it. Find out the meaning in it. What can you get out of it? How can you help somebody else, you know, get out of that? And um, addicts usually avoid the suffering by abusing substances. Don't avoid to suffer. Find meaning in it and your responsibility towards other people and yourself. And a deeper sense of believing in um, a transcendent ethic like God, that really helped me, you know, my faith in God has really, really, has really, really helped me to be grounded and also put things in perspective. And I hope this episode serves as a reminder. Alright, and then I'm releasing a list of um, the three songs. I'll share that with you guys. The three songs that have, that have played many times this year and they have they have different meanings at different times depending on the mood i was in because you know music and it's isomorphic effect that's why i listen to songs for the words so i'll share that with you guys and let me know which one stood out 
which ones you liked, which ones you were, you were, you especially liked, which ones you, you discovered through me. And if you have things, like if you have music you'd like to share with me as well, based on what you listen to that you think I might like, let me know. I love song recommendations, like music, you know, um, and also don't forget about the link to the um, donation. $20, yeah, a dollar, $3, naira, um, 5,000 won, 5,000 pesos, corners, um, shillings, whatever currency you spend, guys, just donate, please. And thank you all. I think that's it. And happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, babe. 33 is going to be awesome. It's going to be a great year. And I look forward to doing this again next year. Absolutely. Thanks, love. Happy birthday. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, catch you guys in 33. Bye. Bye. So that was that. I'm making you more famous. I'm, I'm making you more famous. What are you going to send my check off? So you're paying me an appearance fee for being on the show. Huh? Yeah. Okay, don't worry. I'm going to be coming on the show. I'm glad we take not coming on Oh, whatever. I love you too. Your lantern burning Never gonna go out Though the winds are turning Never gonna blow out Had a life of learning I know people come and go Be a lantern burning And your fires burn low Be my lighthouse shining